The His Girl Friday podcast is brought to you in part by Messenger Fellowship, living the kingdom, fulfilling the call, proclaiming the truth. How's it going, guys? This is Cameron Fry with His Girl Friday. Hope you guys are doing well, that you're staying safe, that you're thriving, surviving, not striving. It's been a while since I've recorded a podcast, and part of that has to do with the death of my grandfather, Jerry Fry, late last month. And much has been going on behind the scenes in terms of prepping for his memorial service on April 9th. So uh, while I've been writing, it's just been a different pace of late. And the writing has been ahead of the recording opportunities. Uh, Abby continues to make progress post-surgery uh, from her adenoids and her tonsils. She had, she's only three. She had to get them both removed. Uh, and we're dealing with some sleep regression issues, both with her and Milo. The sleep is improving in some ways, but in other ways, I, I think Abby's doing, dealing with some post-traumatic stuff. So um, personal update aside, just thought I would uh, give you some context as to why I haven't been available as much. But Please know that there's been content brewing. There's just been more quiet time and reflection just without an agenda. It's been actually nice to be able to ponder and think and, uh, some, you know, in some cases not take notes uh, and wonder if this inkling, if this illumination, if this rumination is going to lead somewhere. I will say that tonight it was one of those cases where I felt some conviction. I felt the need to respond to conviction through Writing through creating this post, it really is, <laughs> you know, I say preaching to the choir, I'm really preaching to myself before the choir, not to imply pride, but just I know that when it comes to staying ingrained in the Word, having routine quiet time with God, there's room for improvement in my life. And while if you look at my version Bible app history, the last, I'd say, 50 days, I've been in there 48 or 49 days. Uh, so that's a pretty strong ratio. That's what, 96, 98% of the time I'm in my Bible app. But it still has kind of felt superficial in some ways where, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if this makes sense, but just reading the Word for the sake of reading the Word, being in the Bible for the sake of being in the Bible so I could feel like a good Christian, I've kind of been there lately. And uh, anytime I sense that type of self-centeredness or pride. I, I, I want to take it captive. So again, a lot of this tonight is in the heart posture of taking things captive and asking the Lord to purify my approach to quiet time. So the post on our website, three ways vocationals can engage quiet time in 2021. I'm going to try and interweave the value of the current season that we're in uh, not just the larger existential components and elements, but I'll just say it. You know, I've kind of alluded to it already. At the end of the day, especially a long one, sometimes the last thing we want to do is read the Bible. As long as we exchange fatigue for refreshment in the wake of a tedious day's labor, our tendency <laughs> within our humanity. We want to chill and defrag on our own terms. We want to do something fun. We want to lay back, kick back, and 
as I was telling Liz, just kind of like lick our wounds a little bit. Like some days can be brutal. I don't know what line of work you're in, but sometimes you're taking punches. Sometimes it could be backlash from a colleague, a supervisor. It could be, uh, you know, in my case, more often than not, it's a it's a rough exchange with a client where they voice disappointment and approval. And it's not personal, but sometimes it could just rub off the wrong way. We just come back from multiple conversations. It's rubbed us raw. And we're just like, I just need to, one way or another, soak in this hot bath <laughs> to kind of just... Uh, and that could be an actual hot bath or it can just be, I need something to distract myself. I need something to cope. I need something to just, something positive to happen in my life. And we take that in our hands. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of different options. Sunset walks, must read, you know, we have our tablets. We have, you know, our own separate reading list. Like I said, hot baths, hot shower, Netflix, YouTube, Hulu, Prime, you know, your server provider. I don't know what you know, how you ingest content and viewing pleasures, but there's just so many and there's a lot of different ways to we, we can just kind of unplug. So, you know, and, and most of these are healthy and appropriate at the proper time. In fact, probably all are healthy and appropriate at the proper time. However, going back to that conviction I was telling you about, I'm concerned many of us, myself included, have detached the scriptures from this menu of items. And while I'm sure many of us understand the importance of meditation and prayer, as I'll discuss in this podcast, we do our faith a disservice when we compartmentalize such sustenance from the rest we crave. Accordingly, as a fellow bivocational hustler who's regularly on the go, here are three ways we can engage quiet time with God in 2021. So the first point, refresh your game plan. In seasons of spiritual distancing, Consistency in the word can be a struggle. Knowing where to turn, where to start, where to continue. You're in your Bible app. You're in the actual Bible and you're just looking for a place to get going with God. It's like, you know, I need to, God, I need to be in here. I know that, but it's almost like, can you give me some direction? Can you plan something in my heart here in the moment as far as where I to jump into so I'm just not just floating and aimlessly trying to spend this time with you. Lord, bring the intentionality down that I could tap into that and just resonate with your heartbeat. Where are you pulsating in my spirit? These are questions to ask yourself. But we also sense that lack of compass in general. It could be enough to deter a scriptural encounter. There's many resources out there. I'll tell you how to find a quality Bible reading program. Now, stabilize your faith, and that's true to a certain extent. A lot of all these articles, they, they mean well, but truth is life is less black and white and far more versatile and unpredictable than we think. In the course of a day, for many of us working either at home, you know, in a physical office, off-site, or both, really, we have overtime, we have trainings, meetings, we still have all that, Zoom calls, traffic, for some of us, extracurricular Small groups outside of work, we, we have a church life, we have relationships that we are a part of, benevolence opportunities, service opportunities, outreaches, family emergencies, health issues. I mean, the, each day is full of life, as well as nuance and troubleshooting. Still, within the snowflake tapestry, if you will, of each day, the rhythmic stretches where we can find silence and rest. 
and they may not be long. They may be 15 minutes or less, kind of like this pod, hopefully. <laughs> However long they are, there to pray, not only about the Bible reading plan God has for you, or it could be a, a similar plan, something for your faith, but maybe it's not so much Bible reading. Also, consider the tactical game plans that God wants to refresh in you as well. So you can have a Bible reading plan. Yes, that's great. But also, don't let that deter you from going deeper, from considering the strategies in the Spirit that God wants to enliven within. As I learned last year, oftentimes God will refresh His intimacy with a new chapter as opposed to restarting it with a blank slate. Not sure if that makes sense, but if it does, great. Granted, it doesn't have to be one or the other. Sometimes a blank slate is necessary, a predecessor to the next God has for us. That said, don't assume the answer to your quiet time strategy is something new. And don't strive for a Bible reading plan just because it's conventional. Rather, seek the Lord and draw near. Always start there. Worship with thanksgiving on your lips, enter his courts with praise. When in doubt, let that be your starting point before you just jump in to the word. Inquire God's plans and purposes concerning your engagement and understand God is after your heart more than your time. Remember, while a sacrifice of praise is often a sacrifice of time for us, in God's eyes, God's outside of time, as we know, refreshing our game plan, the point of this point, can be the jumpstart we need to know we don't have to carve out what God's already gifted us. And that's the bottom line. Before we prematurely dive into research, press into God's heart, and allow him to reveal the pathways of discernment you're to walk. See Luke 21, 15, the ESV. For I will give you a mouth and, and wisdom, which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. And you could substitute colleagues, clients, business partners, uh, shareholders, etc. In place of adversaries, if it's more applicable. Second point, bookend your day. As we all know, each day is a journey, an adventure, a quest for orientation amidst a jungle of chaos. We all know that the ride can be turbulent, testing, sometimes downright fierce. No matter how busy your calendar, how intense the load, there's always room for God. Say it with me. There is room for God in your life. He is so much greater. His ways are so much higher than our own. He can intervene and he can make a, help us make a way for him. And while the world says you have no room, you have no time, consider the fact this is how Jesus entered our humanity. See Luke 2. I'm not going to read it, but you know. There was no room in the inn. They had to find a manger. But again, God was making a way even when people were shutting him out, not even knowing who he was. I like John 14, how it declares Christ is the word become flesh. He lived among us so he could experience his glory as the one and only begotten son of the Father, full of grace and truth. And this passage in John tells me two things. Jesus not only came to serve, or rather save us as a ticket to heaven, but to draw us as ambassadors for heaven. And two, just as we were formed by God's words, so are we fashioned by his daily word. Accordingly, let's fix our minds on what is right, our hearts on what is godly, and our discipline on what is everlasting. Even when God's instruction seems repetitive, understand the application is always unique to your calling and situation. 
It helps think of it this way. With God as our help, there's never a dull moment in his presence as his encouragement knows no bounds. However, to become more like God, we have to make and value exposure to his promises and purposes. Hence why we're talking about this quiet time, being in the word, being engaged in the scriptures, the tenets of our faith, etc. Since God's ways are perfect and intimately, or rather, yes, intimately higher than our own. I think I meant infinitely there. But I suppose intimately you can make a case for that. Far better to reach in their direction than not at all. That's the thing. It's There's that vertical hard posture. We may feel so far removed, and that's we're supposed to feel far removed without God. But he is wanting to make a way, reaching down to us. And the question we have to ask ourselves, are we going to reach up to him through worship in the present, whether we're working, whether we're on the clock or not? Either way, bottom line, for Jesus to be our daily bread, the worst must be daily read. I'll say that again. For Jesus to be our daily bread, the word must also be daily read. All the more reason to book in each day in the truth of who God is. Some verses for reference. Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Psalm 77.12. Psalm 77, by the way, the meditate psalm if you will, of all the Psalms. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Again, that's verse 12, Psalm 77. The word shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. That's Joshua 1.8, English Standard. Bookmark your inspiration. Last point. Point number three, as simple as it sounds, one of the best ways to reference God is to set altars of gratitude at our places of influence. By altars, I not only mean emblems of scriptural citations and quotes, but any physical prompt directing you to worship. What's something in your life that when you see it, when you sense it, your immediate reaction, flesh and or spirit, is to look up and just be thankful and to start worshiping the Lord where you're at. It's not just something that puts you in a good mood, although certainly an overflow of embracing God with a spirit of gratitude and thanksgiving is that we're going to find that peace and rest that we crave. There's going to be joy in the process. Because pursuing God, you know, a lot of times we're pursuing peace and joy and we get frustrated when we can't find it. We're pursuing those overflows and it's not our aim. God has to be our aim. Are we putting ourselves in positions to embrace those aims? Are we putting ourselves in position to look up, to remember God in the midst of the hustle and bustle, in the midst of our work? For instance, I'm thinking home office or work office, whatever. You could have a picture frame or photo, a poster, a small shelf of books. Honestly, the possibilities are endless as far as what you can have possession-wise, or maybe it's a gift of some sort where it's just you see it, it's like, thank God. God is good. It could be a very simple phrase that comes out of your heart and mouth. <laughs> thank you, Jesus, for that. Thank you for the way you've proven yourself and who you consistently are. It's like, yes, you have to hide God's word in your heart, this is like something in tandem that comes with that. Is high God's word is a lamp unto your feet? Yes, absolutely. But we also, like when we're on the clock, 
we're usually, we have technology, we have a screen that we're working in or through or on, get my prepositions right, you know, we can get really locked in, very single focused, and it's and so tightly wrapped up that faith, God, squeezed out, compartmentalized, as I said before. Are we putting ourselves in position to look up? Do we have prompts that are compelling us to look upward? That's what I'm trying to say. The, again, the possibilities are endless. Whatever methods you employ, the point is not the system you facilitate, but the heart of worship you propitiate. Consider the reason you work. As kingdom agents, your occupations and vocations, there is a difference, by the way, are your appointed mission fields. Your occupations and vocations are your appointed mission fields. While the hustle can be exhausting, remember your goals and outcomes are subsets of your purpose, which is to reflect heaven and earth and to shine God's countenance amidst your affairs. Hence why we should bookmark our inspiration and prepare our hearts to recall and call on God's faithfulness as we effort for his glory. Recall his good deeds. Absolutely. It's part of the Psalm 77 meditation package, but also to call in the present. <laughs> Sometimes we, we're not looking back so much and saying, yay, God, but it's like, God, I need you right now in my midst. It's more of a cry for help. Desperation meets reverencing God. Desperation meets dependence. And all of a sudden, you can be locked in into God by spirit, but also locked into work at the same time, the two converge. And after all, who knows what kind of innovation and illumination awaits as we rely on Jesus, who by his spirit has given us everything we need for goodness and godliness. Which leads me to my final bottom line. To worship as you work is to anchor your devotion. Therefore, posture your heart and its surroundings to give pleasure to God. Colossians 3.16, English Standard is my last scripture reference as well. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your heart to God. I love that scripture and it ties everything we've just said together beautifully in perfection. I, I can't do better than that. What a great moment to say a lot, to mic drop with a scripture reference in the word together. And really that's all I have, <laughs> not a long pod by any means, but I hope that wherever you're at, that these ways, which there's three of many ways that we can engage quiet time in 2021. I'm wanting to be sensitive to the fact in all these points that we're, bit, we're still busy. We're on the go. We, we probably have more that we're juggling more on our plates then before we may not be traveling and commuting as much. So there's a certain simplicity to the workload. It's But it's more of just maybe not the workload itself, but the intangibles, the variables, those things that can eat up a couple hours of each day. I feel like for me, I'm only commuting two days into work on average. So there's a couple hours now that I can spend with God in the Word. And yes, in the past, driving to work, you know, I've had that quiet time. I'm not really in the reading the Bible as I drive, obviously, but historically those commutes have been opportunities for me to pray and to sing unto the Lord, actually. And I miss those drives sometimes. And sometimes it's just, I don't know, like it's going to look different in 2021 as we saw in 2020 to a certain extent. 
but the common themes and denominators shouldn't waver. And that is seek the Lord with faithfulness, with diligence. Seek the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. As I said before, my first point, inquire. Dream big, but you know, put yourself in position for God's dream to be your dream. And understand that he's wanting to reset something spectacular in you. Rest in 2021 has never looked different. Rest in 2021 is different than rest in any other year. The ways we rest and recharge with God in 2021 is going to look different for many of us. And we have to learn to be okay with that. But just like with any other year, while it's a different day and age, there's more uncertainty, more confusion, more political, social unrest. You could go on. The darker is getting dark, but the lighter is getting light. And I want to encourage you guys to embrace that light that's in you, to not be distracted, to take inventory of what might be distracting, what might be compartmentalizing your faith or from you from really seeing work as worship. So if you start here, take inventory of your game plan, see how God wants to refresh it, you know, consider starting and ending your day in the word. It may not be actual in the Bible per se, but just with, with holy thoughts, thoughts that, you know, thoughts that are good of pure, noble intent, bookending your day with actual worship, with singing and gratitude coming out of your mouth in some way, and then bookmarking your inspiration setting the table, literally setting the desk, if you will, uh, to remember God and to not just remember, but to prompt you to vertically interact and communicate and dialogue with him as you go about your day. So you're not just withering, simmering, etc. So again, you guys are awesome. I appreciate you listening to this podcast and for your support, His Girl Friday. Again, there's much change to be had and I appreciate your patience as I walk through some of these personal grievances and heartaches, which again affects the the frequency of the content, if you will. But you guys are excellent, and just know that listen, I'll be praying for you. If there's anything we can do, if there's anything we can, any way that we could stand with you, even if it's just through a simple prayer from a distance, we'll be happy to do that. So, again, God has your back. He has your forward, and like I always say, when we end these pods, I will catch you on the fry. Peace.